Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? So, uh, I'm from uh, Susquehanna Mills. We're in uh, Montoursville, Pennsylvania, Lycoming County. Um, I am an oilseed food oil producer. So we crush canola, sunflowers, some food grade soybeans, we've done some flax, we've done some very interesting oilseed projects uh, over the years. We've been doing that for about 12 years. Um, we make mainly edible cooking oils that are sold in supermarkets and we sell a lot of oil to universities as well. I think some of my customers are in here. Well, uh, but anyway, so um, I was farming some ground a few years ago, and, and one of my uh, landlord sons of a landlord came out and says, "Hey, man, you should grow hemp on this ground." And I said, "Well, if it's legal and it will make me money, I'll think about it." So uh, he kept—he was very, very persistent, and uh, he kept coming up to me, and, and all of this started happening. And he actually hired us to produce a private label oil for him. And uh, the stuff was delicious, and I was totally hooked on the idea of producing another value-added crop in Pennsylvania um, that could make oil out. So we started uh, working on a new company, Pennsylvania Health Company, and uh, we started uh, a new brand. We uh, imported some seed from Canada to try to anticipate the future legislation that hadn't really happened and getting some market share. Then the legislation happened. We applied for a permit. We were one of the first 13 or 14 growers uh, in Pennsylvania. So we chose to grow that on, on an organic field in uh, Limestone Mill, which is right outside of uh, Milton. I had no idea what we were doing, um, but I think we did fairly well. We, uh, we, we seeded the crop. We were the first people in the state of Pennsylvania to put hemp seeds in the ground. As part of our research, we also brought in some viable hemp seeds and then we crushed them in the mill. So we were also the first company in Pennsylvania in 80-some years to crush hemp seed, which is kind of cool. I don't know, see how famous. That's right. So anyways, uh, so we, we planted the crop. Uh, some of it washed. We got a heavy rain. We have very similar soils on, this, on that particular farm as we do here. Um, so the stuff that we planted early did very, very well. Uh, I think we had Russ Redding out for the first planting. We had a little media event and all that jazz. And then we waited a little bit longer. It was organic, so we had to make sure we had a weed control just perfect. We seeded the second portion of the five acres, and then we had a big old washing storm, and it mudded over, and it was terrible. So we ended up about four acres of actual seed production. Um, and of course, we went into that not knowing anything about the harvesting. We tried to talk to some people in Canada, do our best research. And um, we had a John Deere 9500 conventional combine with a grain platform. And we went into it super early. Like we also had another media event. And uh, we harvested some. 
it went through the machines very, very, very slowly, about a half a mile an hour to cut that original crop. And um, we ended up putting it in a truck, totally did not anticipate a lot of the grain handling issues. When you cut this crop, some of the seeds are falling off and some of them are still green. So you've got this enormous moisture content uh, in a truck with a seed that's got a tremendous amount of energy because of the oil that's inside. Oil seeds are very prone to heating and molding and, and catching on fire if uh, you know, you're not paying attention. So we brought this uh, few hundred thousand, couple thousand pounds back, I guess it was, and we're not prepared for it. We cleaned it a bunch of times. Um, it was organic. We had some issues with um, foxtail in it. We had some um, velvet leaf in there, which was kind of challenging to separate because velvet leaf seeds are very similar to hemp seeds. Uh, we cleaned it several times. Uh, got the velvet leaf seeds out of it, brought it back to the shop. I didn't have a dry floor to put it on. Um, so at first we just spread it out on the concrete, which was a terrible, terrible project. Perry <laughs> County can work Perry County, yeah, they did the same thing. Don't ever want to do that again. That was absolutely terrible. Um, it ended up, that's first off we harvested mold. So we had to dump that over the bank, which was kind of upsetting. We waited a couple weeks and it dried down a little bit further. Um, the first stuff we couldn't even get to test on a moisture meter. It must have been close to 30% moisture. We went back in with the remaining, we cut an acre the first time. We went back in and, and cut the remaining three acres that we had standing, um, like September 10th or something, I think it was. Went much, much better. Things were dried down at that point. We were able to harvest the grain. It was about 18% moisture. Uh, which worked out pretty good. We ended up getting about 1,100 pounds per acre of seed um, from that cutting. We were able to manage that a little better, get the moisture controlled, got it clean, um, got it stable you know, for processing. And um, then we went back in and we, um, part of our research was to develop markets for all of the products that could come from the hemp plant. So um, we had part of it done, the seed was out. So then we would make a meal um, which some of it went to an uh, animal trial in Perry County. Some of it I had milled into a flour product that was, I wish I would have done more because I sold that so fast, it was unbelievable. Um, and then the oil, of course, went into our edible oil market. But then we wanted to get the fiber. We just kind of wanted to quantify, you know, what kind of value in fiber was there. So we, we went back into the field, disbind it right down to the ground, Tended around a little bit, had a, a, a guy come in and put the big square bales together. And we were able to get about uh, 2,000 pounds of fiber per acre, which was also pretty staggering because it didn't look like anything on the field at all. Um, so at the end of the deal, we ended up getting about 2,000 pounds of fiber, 1,100 pounds of seed, which then that 1,100 pounds of seed we extracted the oil from. So we got about 30-ish percent oil and the remainder in, in the flour product, um, which we basically, we found markets for every single component, which was the goal in the first place, to find the markets that are necessary for this crop. So I was very encouraged by that. Um, so we took what we learned the first year. This year we decided to grow uh, some more acres. We did 35 acres this year, um, some on the organic farm. We did uh, about 20 on the organic farm, the remainder on conventional ground. Uh, and I tried a bunch of different processes. We drilled some, we 
planted some. We planted some on 15s. We planted some on 30-inch rows. Uh, we did some row cultivation on the organic farm for weed control. Uh, we did some herbicide unofficial trials on some of the other stuff. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Um, and, uh, and I mean, I'm also encouraged. I mean, I see a, a real good potential. Um, this year we also grew three varieties, two oilseed varieties, one from uh, hemp genetics in, in uh, Western Canada and one from um, Valley Bio in Ontario. And then we also got a variety from Valley that was a um, fiber variety. Not so impressed with the fiber variety, but the oilseed varieties look fantastic. So that was kind of the idea this year is actually grow a fiber variety and see what we could get off of that, which is fiber, expand the oilseed variety thing, and then after we got going here, I thought about the CBD thing, and we didn't plant an actual CBD variety, but last year when we tested our one variety, it was 4% um, CBD. So I thought, okay, why don't we, why don't we play with this and see if we can get a higher CBD if we call the males out of the crop. So we took a four acre plot and um, some of it was planted on 15 inch rows, some was planted on 30 inch rows. And we took a crew of people in there and we pulled all the males out. I wouldn't recommend that. That, that was a lot of work. Um, but we did. So hopefully tomorrow, Sarah did not give me my data to know if it worked or not, but we were hoping that by calling the males, we bolstered up the CBD, and we'll decide if we got it in advance enough to actually make a difference, and I'm not really sure how we're gonna harvest that yet, but we'll figure it out. We're farmers, that's what we do. You can do anything with Taylor Twine and duct tape, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just a farmer, um, average guy, we rotate crops, which makes sense to me to add to Pennsylvania agriculture another viable rotational crop. So, I'm not very excited, but I'm famous. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us, and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHempRevolution.